Um, yeah. Hello. <laughs> Hi, Rob. Uh, so Should we I fill just everybody in on what just happened. Yeah, I just I just lost the first nine minutes of our chat um, because logic froze. I, yeah, I, so I, this next part of the pod sucks. It's because we already did it once, and you missed the good one. So sorry. Yeah, the best parts were in those nine minutes. <laughs> the introduction is always the heart of the episode. <laughs> yeah, sure. <sighs> yeah, I don't know what I did. I, I well, I mean, I I did click on something in the header, you know, where it has like the little time display. But um, I was just trying to change the units. I didn't think touching that would break down the whole software yeah you know you pay like what three thousand dollars for a new imac and it yeah freezes logic freezes send it back rob send it send back, it back. <laughs> uh, oh well anywho um yeah <laughs> where shall we pick up <laughs> we could just find a different topic well actually um i wanted to hear about what you're saying with your uh your group so this is the percussion group Right. What was oh, yeah. what were you saying happened? So we're talking about what's occupying my time. Well, we have, you know, we're supposed to have board meetings, like any nonprofit has a board of directors, you know, and all these. Mm-hmm. They have to have meetings and decide important things, <laughs> important things in quotes. Um, and so I, you know, I basically do all the work for my nonprofit, so I had to do some financial statements and make reports about our artistic stuff and marketing. And artistic report's really great because it just says nothing is happening. Nothing <laughs> has happened. We're all indoors. Zero. Yeah. <laughs> See you when this is all over. Um, so that's been consuming most of my time. It's uh, pretty tedious doing finances. That's, that's lame that it has to consume your time even though the result is nothing's going on. <laughs> Well, some of it's my fault. You know, I should like be a better bookkeeper and like as soon as I'm like we make a purchase or do something, just like log it in QuickBooks right away. Yeah. But instead, sometimes I wait like months and then I have like, <laughs> to do all of it at once. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> Got to be organized. But, yeah, I mean, it's not that bad. We don't, we're not huge. So it, it took me about a day to get it all together, I'd say. Like a, a solid like eight hours of work. Yeah. Yeah. Which I have to do like once a quarter, so... Anyway, that's not super interesting, though. So, <laughs> I uh, I've been seeing a lot of stuff with musicians online, uh, and doing it's different. I guess they're trying out different things. Um, so this, you know, my favorite um, music subscription called Idagio. They um, they're kind of like a Spotify for um, classical, broad umbrella music, and. Um, but re- recently they've been doing this Idagio live where it's like someone at the company who's like an editor or whatever is hosting this sort of live video that you can tune into on YouTube and they'll talk about, you know, like there's this guy they had, um, I don't remember his name, but he's a pianist and he's talking about his like five favorite pianists and kind of gave a little mm-hmm. backstory on, you know, like Glenn Gould and his others that he really likes and then played some segments of the pieces and that's kind of cool little fireside chat thing, kind of what kind of a, a monologue interview type of thing. And then yeah. I saw um recently they've shifted to or not entirely shifted to, but they're also offering these live performances. Uh you have to buy tickets on Eventbrite to get like a code, but it's um mm-hmm. it's like nine dollars. And um they said that it's uh supposed to be, you know, an intimate performance and interactive. And um well I didn't didn't buy the ticket, so <laughs> I d- can't report back on it. But um <laughs> yeah. it's interesting Well wow, thanks for the build up Rob. <laughs> it's interesting that they promised something interactive. Um I don't yeah, know if it's like a yeah. QA or, or what, but um people are doing different stuff. And then of course in like pop music music you see on on tv people are doing you know their zoom concerts and stuff like that so just curious if you know your group has tried to do any kind of experimental internet stuff well too much work talked we've talked about it and well you know in illinois i mean like there's a stay-at-home order so like technically we shouldn't be doing that like we shouldn't be getting together in a room and doing it. We could all do solo stuff. You well, know? yeah, that's what I'm saying. Um, yeah. 
uh, funny enough, there is actually a group in Chicago that called Third Coast Percussion, and they have they've made a decision right when it all hit that like, okay, we're gonna like be our own little family, and we are going to continue to work to do like these uh, concerts, and they've done a lot of really good live streams hmm. where they have like a lot of equipment and nice like, I mean they they like immediately sound equipment like all the things you needed like to do a, a full like live stream with good audio yeah multi camera like. So that's been that's been cool to watch, but like for us, then they claim and how they kind of their like little loophole is that they they claim that they're part of media, so media is something that's exempt. Like if you're a media thing, you oh. continue to work. Huh. Um, which we thought like, well, we're not going to do that. Yeah, uh, we also don't have the infrastructure to do that, <laughs> and you know, I don't know. None of us have been all that motivated to like make solo content. None of us. Well, some of us do some solo stuff, but yeah. no one's really like we're we're an ensemble. We play ensemble stuff. No one's really been mm-hmm. just motivated to do solo things. Now that being said, we may um, in the future, because this might go on for you know a while before we can have real concerts. We may end up getting together once they move to like the next phase of reopening mm-hmm. and try to do some online stuff. Just because like we need to keep like learning repertoire. We need to keep like working so that when this does open back up. There's like we're ready to hit the ground running. And yeah. Do some things because we haven't in so long. Um, so we may try to like just plan to have an online outcome for one of our concerts and then later also do that concert live, you know? Yeah. Have um, you seen um, this is a while back, but I remember uh, Scott Farkas posted some videos where he performed with himself, like re- recording mm-hmm. on different instruments or whatever. And there's this video software where you can like sync it up and stuff and um i just wonder it'd be kind of a fun idea uh, you know even if not just for yourself but like if you recorded sort of like some sort of nugget and then kind of had like a musical ad libs where you pass it on to someone else and then they think you know they listen and then they build (laughs) and then they pass it and then they listen and build and then it kind of becomes this evolving thing and then someone has to spend 12 hours on a computer putting it together yeah i think that's the 12 hour part on the computer that yeah nobody wants to do because they're already spending all their time on the computer for like everything that's what's held me back from a lot of stuff too i'm like by the time i get done like with my lessons and stuff on the computer and like sometimes i like take a class or just like any meeting i have to log into is on the computer like i just don't want to stare at the computer anymore (laughs) yeah um I guess exceptions are kind of like, I mean, I like, I like look at my projector to watch like my video game or, or a show. And that's like mm-hmm. a little bit better on my eyes. It's not such a small screen and it's yeah. not like backlit. So it doesn't feel quite as like mm-hmm. eye straining, but yeah, back in the early part of the quarantine, I was trying to like teach like lessons like I do in real life mm-hmm. where I do like six hours straight. Oh man. And I, I, and I did it for like two days and I gave myself migraines both days and I'm like, all right, I'm changing all this. That's a long time. Yeah. You know, um, Mary is doing, um, occasional like tutoring sessions with, uh, a, a, who's a, this person who's a surgeon and, mm-hmm. um, in terms of like prepping for this exam coming up and those mm-hmm. are like five, six hour sessions sometimes. And jeez, yeah, yeah. I mean, that'd be so exhausting. It just, fries your your brain just trying to pay attention to something that long let alone like using it to actually learn and process stuff (laughs) right yeah i'm taking a uh class called legal issues in philanthropy so it's like a it's a law class basically but it's a law class for non-lawyers you know Mm -hmm. and um it's pretty heavy the classes are three hours long but you take breaks every 45 minutes um for like 10 minutes you know so that helps a lot i mean to have that break um but yeah it's pretty some of it's pretty hard to like you start to glaze over you know like you get to like hour three yeah and they're talking about like the 45 different ways that people can like give uh like like old rich people can give nonprofits money and like how they're legally structured and you're like uh okay i don't i'm not gonna re- possibly remember all this oh you my know God. yeah 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 so, but anyway, it's, uh, you know, I'm glad I'm taking it. Um, it's, uh, it's very info. A lot of it is very informative and useful, but I'm sure Mary's glad she has the opportunity to take that, you know, do that tutoring as well, even though it's kind of arduous. Yeah, it's definitely worth it, but it's, it's lengthy. Yeah. It could be really hard to 
hold your attention for just hours on end staring at the computer. For me, I feel like, you know, I, my, my work is on the computer too, but it's, it's different. It's not, you know, I've read about how just draining it can be to do video chat with someone. So, you know, if you're doing mm -hmm. a lesson over video or whatever, you're not just giving a lesson, but you also, you, you have to focus extra on facial cues and you also have a little vi visual of yourself. And so you're kind of like constantly adjusting yourself and what kind of face you're creating. And, um, right. It's like your brain is going in overpower, uh, overdrive. But for me, um, I, I do have a lot of meetings on certain days and that's really sucks. I feel like I don't get anything done, but, mm -hmm. um, for the most part, it's just kind of like reading stuff or designing stuff once in a while. <laughs> but like lately I'm, um, I'm analyzing a survey. We did a survey to like a few hundred, uh, audible customers. And so I'm reading all of their written responses and kind of like pulling out some keywords of stuff people are bringing up and then trying to make a, a little brief of like, Oh, 30% said this and 20% said that. And, um, it's not super fun right now, but, um, I don't feel like it's sucking my brain as much as what you or Mary are doing. So I'm, I'm actually looking forward to just shutting down the word document and the spreadsheets and opening up, you know, elite dangerous or some yeah. like awesome <laughs> video animal game. Crossing. Yeah. Or animal crossing. Animal crossing is kind of like, you know, meditation. Well, so is, you yeah. know, elite in, in some ways it's just kind of like just chill. There are parts of the game that are very passive. A lot of people watch <laughs> Which this must be really not good for your brain, probably. But a lot of people like watch Netflix while they're playing because there's like a lot. Like you go into like super cruise or whatever, and uh -huh. you're just like coasting, and then it sometimes it takes like you know ten minutes to get to your like sometimes in some parts <laughs> oh, of the wow. game they're really long, or you just have to like jump, make a lot of jumps to get somewhere. And so yeah, they just like watch Netflix. People even put that on like little guides online. Like you probably want to have the Netflix queued up for this because it gets a little you know boring because it's a simulation. So yeah. Like, it That's actually does take the amount of time and you know it takes so so well but before we, before we get too much further into it i guess i should explain that i finally got the game cuz we've been yeah. talking about it a lot on the podcast and um for the like 30 people left who are still listening to us you know if you if you want to know the update <laughs> i got the game i was when, when you brought it up first, it was on sale. And then when I finally thought about buying it, it wasn't on sale. It was like 60 bucks mm -hmm. or whatever. And I was like, well, I mean, that's the normal price for a game. But still, yeah. I wasn't sure if I wanted to, to get it at full price. And so I waited. And then this weekend, Memorial Day weekend, it's on a super great deal. So I got it for 15 yeah. Um that's that the that's a good price point where I feel like okay I paid something but you know if I never play this game again I won't feel sad. It's like yeah. it's like one movie ticket back when we used to have movies. <laughs> but now that you've played it, oh um, yeah, do you feel like you'll never play it again? <laughs> oh no, I love it. It's um that's good, <laughs> and it's definitely this this vast universe literally that I have only scratched the surface of. I, I described it to you the other day as like it it felt like when I was learning how to drive stick shift. It's like yeah. It's like, oh shit, oh no, I gotta hit that button. Oh, I'm crashing into this planet now. <laughs> it it really does. Uh I'm and just to kinda like remind everybody if you, you know, have a listen to past yeah. episodes, it's like Elite Dangerous is like a space simulation where it's it's only like in spaceships, so you only fly your spaceship. But it's like an exact one-to-one -one model of the Milky Way. So there are literally 400 billion stars <laughs> in That's the game. Insane. Um, and you can theoretically go to all of them. And the game's been around since 2014. And probably, I think like 0.2% of the explorable space has been explored. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I don't really know, you know, how that'll develop in the future. Like if... Um, new technology it, yeah as new things come around i think they'll probably will keep migrating it now there was an old game the game started in 1984 really the original elite oh yeah um and now that everything is like on computerized things that like i i mean maybe something big will change and none of this technology will matter in 10 years but like 
it seems like there's going to be a progression of technology where things will carry over from at this point kind of like in in what because respect? things are so like because of how data works now so like your account that you have on your pc like even if it goes to this like new system you'll be able to like migrate all that data oh, okay the new system you pick up where you left off and the game will just be kind of seamlessly growing so yeah you're, you're talking about like, long, like upgrades instead of a new yeah. game like grand theft auto 4 grand theft auto 5 uh, different games mm. Right, but even in then, well, no, even in that case, like it takes they take place in different worlds, but this yeah. will be like the same world. Right, and in the case of the old elite, like it was on like old like Mac computers or whatever, mm. or on old PCs, and like there was no way to migrate that data into what now exists. <laughs> like, yeah, it just like wouldn't work. Um, and the gameplay was totally different. But now that it's like one to one, it kind of seems like well, there's it's not like they're going to expand it. The map is as big as it's going to be. It's just going to be graphic updates, you know, mm-hmm. playability updates. And I think they plan to keep, you know, going for a long time. There's a big new update that's supposed to come out at the beginning of next year. Um, which I think people, uh, they're hoping it's going to be like uh, atmospheric world landings. Cause you can land on planets now, but huh? not ones with atmospheres. Oh, and it would be so, really. I didn't even cool. I didn't even know that detail because I was, I landed on my first planet the other day, uh, because whatever base I had to go to had that. Mm-hmm. Um, it was on a planet, and as I was landing, I was thinking, you know what, this game's been realistic so far, <laughs> but I'm not getting any like turbulence. I'm not getting any like yeah. heat. You know, because anyone who watches like space shuttle come in, you know, it gets really hot, and I'm like, what's what's going on here? Um, so that probably explains it. There is no atmosphere. Yeah, no uh. atmosphere. Yeah, and I guess they haven't. You know, that's kind of a complicated part to figure out. So I guess they, you know, that's why it hasn't been part of the game yet. Although it was part of the initial vision, apparently I've heard that there would be atmosphere. I wonder. Landings. I wonder why. I I feel like it wouldn't be that hard to fake. But maybe maybe the philosophy of these developers are that if they do it, they want to do it realistically. Yeah. Okay. Because mm-hmm. like um, the physics of it, I think, is kind of hard to and like it would change for every world. Different like, types of different gas. Atmospheres. Yeah. Yeah. Because I was gonna say with um, uh, with No Man's Sky, which I I think this mm-hmm. is the most similar to, um, No Man's Sky, I I really like, but I kind of got bored of it after a while. Um, but they have uh, atmospheres and planets, and you spend a good deal of your time actually running around on the planet. So a big Mm -hmm. part of No Man's Sky is um, it's this vast universe, a lot to explore. You can kind of go whatever way you want, um, mining or, um, you know, pirating or whatever. But uh, a lot of the materials and stuff that you get, you really get more when you're on the planet. So you get in your space suit, you have a third person camera so you can see your character running around and you have like a mining laser. And so you blow up rocks or chunks of ice or even plants. Cause you can get plants that have like carbon or special, like weird gases that you need to capture. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have little bases and hubs where you can go and either sell it or trade it and get more mm-hmm. complex, you know, computer parts. And that kind of goes into your, uh, spaceship. So anyway, just kind of describing a little bit about like all the pieces that go into that game and the visual style though, is it's definitely fictional. Like it doesn't look like yeah. our universe, but that's mm-hmm. kind of a, a fun aspect is it looks kind of like an alternate universe. What was that one movie? A really trippy movie uh, with Natalie Portman and um, about this virus. Oh, Annihilation. Annihilation. Yeah. It made me think yeah. of Annihilation, where mm-hmm. in No Man's Sky, everything is weird and foreign, and it looks like you're in like the opposite end of the galaxy, and everything's yeah. hyper saturated. You have these beautiful, like, blue and teal, you know, trees and like dinosaurs running around and stuff. So that was really cool, but it definitely wasn't realistic. It it had the yeah. scale, whereas I think Elite Dangerous feels like, apart from the sci-fi aspect, um, the the you know the planets and the stars and the time it takes to travel places that feels a lot more realistic. Yeah, I think when they and that's what you know they spent a long time right at the beginning developing this thing they called Stellar Engine. Hmm. And that's where they, it's, it's most, mostly a mathematical projection of the Milky Way. I mean, it takes all the data that we know about yeah. 
in the Milky Way and then projects what the rest of it would be like and like how many planets might be around this star. Like we don't know all those details, mm-hmm. obviously. Um, but it does a really good job, like spacing everything out and like things do take place in real time. Of course you have like, you know, really advanced technology, this thing called the frame shift drive, which allows you to, uh, like, um, well travel at light, Fast, like faster than light, and faster like, than light. Oh yeah. Way faster. Like as you know, much as like thousand times the speed of light. Mm-hmm. And, um, but like the, the, the distances you're traveling are like realistic. So like if you, if you like point at like a planet, that's like, I don't know, like think about like how far earth is from the sun. It's like eight, uh, eight minutes, right? It takes eight minutes for yeah. a light to get. So it, mm-hmm. that would make it like what? Eight times 60, 140 light seconds. Dang. No, sorry, that's not wrong. Eight times sixty is not one hundred and forty. <laughs> Four hundred and eighty light seconds, right? Uh-huh. So if you just like don't go into this like light speed thing and just like point it there, it says like it's gonna take you like many years. Uh-huh. If you and it would if you yeah, just like, yeah, left yeah. it on, you would get there. But interesting. <laughs> but not before your Xbox crashed or they, PC <laughs> overheated or something. Probably. So. Yeah. They get that in No Man's Sky too. It'll give you a little estimate on your ETA. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, and I wonder like how much they copied who or who came first or whatever, but <laughs> right. Yeah. Interesting. Do they, what do they call the, the drive that like, is it a hyperdrive? Or uh, something? yeah, it's a hyperdrive. Hyperdrive. Yep. It's a more common yeah. sci-fi name for it, I think. Yeah. And you have to go, so it's a little bit harder to travel because it takes a long time to get the fuel for it. You have mm-hmm. to get, it's, you have recipes basically. And so you have to like go get, you know, uranium and carbon and these other things and then you make that into an antimatter droplet and then you need to get you need to get the supplies to make the antimatter container and then when you get the Mm. antimatter and the antimatter container boom you have like one unit of antimatter fuel and that will fuel you for you know like four or five jumps but Uh uh after that then you're empty now you got a scrounge around fortunately though i think it's been a while since i played the game but i think that unlike um elite you can't really strand yourself (laughs) so if you're using your hyperdrive it's going to a a star system with planets so even if you run out of fuel there's going to be four or five planets around you and you still have regular fuel so you can fly to those planets and do the farming yeah, and there'll always be a farmable planet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas, like an elite, like you can end up at a star that won't give you, like, because you can, you can get fuel like from solar energy mm-hmm. from like flying close to a star in elite. Yeah, um, and if you're at a star that doesn't give off that right kind of energy, and you're out of gas, you are just there, and your options are to either self-destruct and oh, take man. you back to like a station, and you'll like you don't lose your ship. There's like the insurance thing and all that. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, you have to pay like a lot of credits to to get it back, or you have to use this like altruistic uh, group of players that's in the game. They're like human players. They're called the fuel rats, <laughs> and you just like go to their website and like punch in your coordinates, and then they like come to you and drop off fuel. Do you yeah. like? Do you give them any reward or? Um, I don't think. Like, that, why do these people do so. that? I just think that it's like a it's like an interesting way to play the game, right? There's yeah. like so many ways to play the game. That's cool. Like there's not like a storyline at all. I don't know, is there a storyline in No Man's Sky at all? Uh well, so they've changed a lot because when it first came out All right, I mean to think of the short version of the story. When they first came out, they overpromised. People were really pissed off that the game wasn't what they said it was going to be. But there was a story. And the story was like, you're this traveler and that's your, you're called traveler and everyone just calls you, Hey, you traveler. And, um, you, you feel like you kind of know what's going on, but you don't remember anything. And, um, you are looking for these things called Atlas pieces or Atlas orbs or whatever. And, Uh um, you're trying to like, I don't know, collect them. It's like a super rare item. And then you're trying to collect enough of them and go to like the center of the galaxy and you bring them there and you'll get answers to what you're seeking. So it's pretty vague, but you do have this this sense of a quest of searching. And they released a few updates 
um, a lot of free updates. So, you know, good on them, I think. Um, I haven't paid anything extra for the game, and I've got a ton of new stuff out of it. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's opened up to multiplayer. It used to be one player only. Now it's massively multiplayer. And um, you can collaborate or you can fight people. Um, and in addition to whatever that main quest was, you can choose to ignore it and you can just be, you know, a farmer who gets those resources or you can own a, like a, what do you call it? A cruiser that can house multiple ships and stuff. So you can kind of like craft your own story out of that, I guess. But, um, that's pretty much it. Yeah. Hmm. That's really interesting. I mean, like. I, in, I mean, Elite, I guess, is even more open-ended than that. I mean, the setting is that you're... It is supposed to be, like, our... A theoretical future state of our current universe. Well, I feel like um, in Elite, there's... I haven't read any of it because I'm too bored to read it, but uh, there's a lot of backstories on all these different factions and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I... <laughs> Um, this just shows how nerdy I've gone with it. Um, there's this guy named Drew Wagar who does um, these things called lore tours. And he actually wrote a couple books, Elite Dangerous books. Wow. That, like, I guess I think they're official. They're like official lore. So they must have commissioned him to do them. Um, but he uh, he did these things called lore tours. And so he starts you at the beginning, like from the point we're at right now, and like takes you through how the lore change actually the lore diver- diverges at in like the 1950s or 60s that's where like it diverges from our real life hmm. um and essentially what happens is that the uh, there's a world war three mm-hmm. and the only uh superpower that emerges from world war three is the united states <laughs> and um because of how uh like decimating world war three was uh but basically all the other parts of the world are forced with no other option than to like join the united states mm-hmm. and, like because they're the only like with like i guess resources left that can still make things work so that from that emerges um it's not the federation but it's like it eventually becomes known as the federation mm-hmm. it's like so the planet is kind of united then in that like way. star trek and yeah basically and uh the um so the united states is not like a dictatorship or anything like that it's not like it, it mandates all of the countries it, it, it there is a pretty like they're uh, just the only they're the only oasis left in the desert right right uh-huh right exactly and so there's a lot more detail to that but that's essentially what happens and then um is there like a youtube version that i can just watch <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay okay there's like eight or ten two-hour episodes oh it's wow like a lot uh, That's sometimes a lot. it's nice to have on while you're playing the game. Yeah. And I, then you're just like someone's telling you about the history of the game while you're playing the game. I was even thinking just to have someone read the, the in-game like descriptions for, you yeah. know, the, the different clans and stuff. I, I don't know if it's just Audible has ruined me or what, but I just, I'm just so past reading yeah, <laughs> at this point. I'm like, I'm like, I'm in a computer game. You've simulated the entire galaxy here. I don't want to read like 12 paragraphs of this thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I have good news for you, Rob, uh, because um, there it's going to be coming back eventually. But they paused it to do some development. There's a thing that has been in the game for a long time called Galnet News, mm. and you probably saw some of that. You can I, read it. Yeah, now, I clicked on that. Articles. Yeah, again, words, and I was like, hmm, okay, right. interesting. But I'm not like that into. The, maybe like next year when I'm totally absorbed, yeah. <laughs> I'll be interested enough to read it. <laughs> right. Um, but there is a, there is an audio version of that oh. where it reads it to you. It like reads okay, you, it's cool. like a new station kind of going on, but they pause that because it's, it's pretty intensive on like the, the they actually have to do capacity. that. Yeah. And they're like building these new updates. And so they said, Hey everybody, we're going to pause this so we can right. work on the new updates. And, uh, but anyway, so there is like that thing will come back eventually this, uh, this like news you can listen to. Um, they need a radio like in, uh, in a uh, grand theft auto. You're just flying around and you have like in-game radio. <laughs> right. That's essentially what I think it is. Uh-huh. Um, but it updates. You know, oh, that's things cool. update. It's yeah. probably just reading you the same new stuff or like stuff from your own, like whatever area you're in. Import your um, own podcasts. <laughs> hey, we, think, we could be a podcast on Elite Dangerous. <laughs> That'd be cool. Yeah. I mean, you could I play it on the computer, but yeah. Yeah. I think actually you can import your own audio. You should look at that on, on the 
Okay. This is not super interesting to people that don't have the game. Yeah. But <laughs> We're getting <laughs> really deep into it. it. <laughs> um, point being, it's like a great game. This yeah. is a really, um, yeah, I wanted to kind of phrase this so at least we could have a little sound bite to convince uh, my friend Chris to also get it. Because <laughs> um, I've been playing some computer games with him. We talked about Age of Empires. So I got Age of Empires uh-huh. and I've been playing with him maybe, you know, every other day doing a, a big match on that. It's pretty fun. Um, and he likes sci-fi stuff. So trying to think of a way to convince him. I think $15 is pretty convincing, but, um, it's, uh, it is a little intimidating, you know, as we've been talking, it's just so open-ended. You can kind of like do whatever you want. And sometimes when things are so unstructured, you just lose motivation. But, um, I would say my, of my first impression, the immersive feeling is the coolest aspect of it. So putting on some decent headphones that, you know, surround your ears and um, getting right up to the screen or you have a projector and just kind of like letting yourself float in the galaxy, that's that's a cool enough feeling. And then, you know, after that, you want to fly around and start collecting some money and uh, hopefully, I don't know, I guess I'll just spend the money on a cooler spaceship. I don't really know what to do beyond that. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like, I think you have to, once you kind of get a general understanding of the game, I think it's worth spending some time just to think about like, okay, now I'm basically writing my own story. Mm-hmm. Like, I understand who like the big players, like the factions are in the game. And I understand like how big the map is and like mm-hmm. like you know how there's these different like wars going on you start to pick up on all these things and then you just say like okay how does my character fit into this i think it's not really unlike i, I mean i actually haven't played dungeons and dragons so i don't know i was gonna but say in dungeons and dragons it's like a storytelling thing sounds right? like, like that yeah so and you have to do that for yourself you have to say like okay well would my character be aligned with this faction or this faction do they want to be like a military person or like are they going to be a traitor yeah or you have to make your own story and and then you, that helps you make all these decisions of what to do next. You know. Okay. Yeah, yeah that's cool. I like that idea. Um, but I was going to say that, you know, like in Dungeons & Dragons, where I, I started out with this kind of a broad sense of a character, like, oh, I want to have magic powers. That'd be cool. So I'm going to be like this wizard. And um, But then he needs a backstory. And I gave him kind of like this archaeology backstory where, like, he's this scientist, kind of like, um, if you've seen Stargate, he's like that uh, that guy, Daniel, who's this archaeologist and um, mm-hmm. explores other alien civilizations and whatnot. But anyway, I kind of merged it in with magic where, like, the more I learn about a certain ancient civilization, I can pick up their, like, abilities and stuff and kind of, like, add that to my toolkit. Um, but this first version of my character really kind of shaped in itself and changed based on the interaction with the other people I was playing with. So I feel like Elite would be pretty cool if you could get at least a couple of people to start out with you and mm-hmm. you're like, okay, we're going to go quest together or something. Yeah. Um, you know, like if I'm going to be, a, if I'm going to go mining or something and if I convinced Chris to get this game, you know, maybe we could go mine asteroids together mm-hmm. and help each other out in that way. Or, yep, definitely. Yeah. Or one person can provide protection because there's like pirates that try to take your stuff. So, yeah. Like, one of the things is when you're mining, you typically don't put, it's not really worth it to try to outfit your ship for combat because you will you have to use some of your like hard points, the parts that you shoot with to like put mining lasers on and those don't do anything to other ships. So, like, you're kind of vulnerable, right? You have to be like super careful. But if you had somebody else with you and like you kind of agreed to share with the one person mine, there's a, uh, I guess there's kind of a way to do this. Makes sense. Someone to watch your back. Somebody that's just basically like in a more combat outfitted ship. Yeah. Yeah. And then they're just like, because the pirates are pretty easy to kill usually. Mm -hmm. um, As long as you have something like a decent combat ship. So, but that's just an example. I, I, I really like, um, I really like games that can be cooperative. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I know a lot of people like competitive stuff, but I guess I've just never been really that good at certain games to like win yeah. at competitive, like PVP or whatever. Um, right. But I, I have the most fun when I can rope a few people into a game and then we play cooperatively. Um, it's too bad that you have this on Xbox and I don't have an Xbox. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, we'll see. If I end up getting a, a, a new PC, I'll, I'll probably end up getting it there just because the experience can be so much more uh, immersive on PC mm. uh, with like VR and these different like computer apps that people have developed. Yeah. Um, I didn't know that you could hook up the joystick to the Xbox. You said you got the, the new joystick system only, and all that. Yeah, there's only one that I found that you can do that with. It's a Thrustmaster. Uh-huh. It's called a Hotas, hands-on throttle and stick, uh-huh. and it does that. That immediately makes the game way more immersive. Cool. You know, you're you're not flying it with your little yeah game pad. You're flying it with the, the joystick. But I think I'll get PC, these upgrades oh eventually. Yeah, with PC, my gosh, you can go. You can get VR. Uh-huh. So you can have VR, and you can have your throttle and stick. You can have voice attack, which is the thing where you can tell your ship what to do with words. Yep. So like you have it, it like listens to your microphone and translates that into game controls. Wow. You can have these like uh, things that read your like pilot log. <laughs> um, like they, they keep in track of it and then they tell you about things that like you notice like when you discover like a new star, it says like discovered this star. You yeah. can like go to the codex to read more. Uh-huh. But you no one people don't really do that because that would that's all you spend your time doing. It's just like going and reading this <laughs> yeah. book. So it will just like start reading stuff to oh, you wow. like that. So you don't have to go and search it. You can keep flying around. And it's like telling you. What, about it. So what do you need for for that aspect? That's that's virtual reality. No, those things you don't need virtual virtual reality for those. You just need uh, the PC version. It's like oh, okay. I have, I okay. It's like ten bucks to get the voice attack. I need to figure but... that out because that sounds pretty cool. I mean, I could do that yeah. with headphones and microphone and yeah. Right. Yeah. Ah. It's just nice to tell your ship like you know like engage the, engage the frame. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh my it's real, god. It's very Star Trek. You know. That's super cool. Um, yeah. yeah, you can get um, if you don't have VR, you can get eye trackers. So it's like a, an app that like, uses the camera yeah. um, to track your eye movement so that like whenever you like look to the top left of the screen, uh-huh. it will like it's it's just as good as like taking your mouse and like moving it to the top left of the screen to like highlight whatever's there. Oh, wow. So, That's intense. Yeah. Uh, just give me a it's catheter. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it just never leaves. Just put me in. A, just put me in like this oh, suspension my. sack and and a catheter and like some water <laughs> and then strap on the headset and <laughs> just be in there. Yeah. 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 I I I think um, that all sounds pretty cool. Obviously, it's a bigger investment, but um, if I stick with it for several months, then I'll probably go down that route eventually. We'll see. Yeah. Um, when we move to Pennsylvania for uh, Mary's school, she's going to be, you know, sometimes away for probably a few weeks. So I'll just be at yeah. home playing my video games. <laughs> <laughs> Discovering the, the galaxy. Yeah, I'll need to entertain myself. And I'll be, you know, probably, I don't know where we're going to be yet. That's still something we're trying to figure out. We we were uh, looking at, so it's kind of like, I probably described this already, but there's a few different locations that they put you in, different hospitals, and it's scattered mm-hmm. throughout the state. There's even one in Dover, Delaware. And um, so I was huh. thinking, uh, like, maybe it makes sense to just rent a place near whichever one she spends the most time with. So mm-hmm. some of them she's spending like two to three weeks at, and then she'll be done. She'll never go back to that town again. Other places she'll be spending, you know, like two months at. And so maybe it makes sense to, even though we can't be together the whole year, at least we'll be together for those two months. Um, but she has to go, I guess, live at these other Yeah, it's like you, it's like you have a full-time job at this hospital. But ima- imagine having a, getting a new full-time job every month, and it was in a different part of the state. Yeah. It'd be insane. Yeah. So do they provide housing? They do. They give you a yeah, shitty dorm yeah. that fits one person. It's only for medical students. So if you are an older person who has like a family and a husband <laughs> like Mary, <laughs> then um, that's not going to help you out. So she, she'll she stay by herself, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she could Man, be like brutal. five hours away in some other town. Um. We might we might do like an Airbnb where I can come out and we can stay together for a few weeks. Um, mm-hmm. Got to make it work with the cats and all that. Maybe find one where we can bring cats right. with us. But mm-hmm. long story short, I will probably have several days of just me time. And I don't know. Um, depends how social I am. But I don't imagine I'll have many friends in person because yeah. 
I'm not going to be going to an office there, so I don't have like work friends. Right. And, unless yeah. I join like some sort of like social club, so it's basically all my friends are going to be online. <laughs> That's what I'm going to be in. Yeah. Yeah. When do you guys uh, move there? In July. Oh wow! Yeah. So soon. I didn't realize it was that soon. It's coming up. So in yeah. June, we need to let our landlord know and start actually looking in earnest. Lately, though, we've been looking at Philadelphia because at least that's somewhat of a city. And um, <laughs> somebody in Philadelphia just got really offended. That you're like, that's somewhat of a city. It's somewhat of a city. It's, it's Philadelphia. I mean, it's like a pretty big city. Yeah, it's decent. <laughs> I mean, obviously, compared to New York, it's oh, really small. But. You know, the bright side of coming from New York is you pay a shit ton of money for a very small amount of space. So mm-hmm. looking on like Zillow or whatever we're looking at like it's $500 cheaper and we're getting like an extra room, extra bedroom, extra bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> There's like two sinks in the bathroom. <laughs> right. It's crazy. Um, the only thing is everyone seems to have carpet there and I just hate oh. carpet. Ugh. I'm all yeah. about the hardwood floors. Yeah. You think in places that are being rented, you wouldn't want to have carpet. I know. Yeah. yeah. Just, just would get gross. Right. But anyway before i get too far off on on that topic i was going to mention i sent you a link i'll put it in our podcast notes if i care enough um the (laughs) (laughs) a lot of times i edit the show i don't know if you ever read the notes i'll edit it and i'll be like i'm too lazy to write notes (laughs) here you go yeah i've seen that send me send me a complaint email if you feel otherwise um, but, uh, there's this, this program, I actually found out about it a while ago. Um, but my old MacBook couldn't run it. It's called Gaia Sky and kind of like Elite Dangerous, but without the gaming aspect. This is, um, software. It'll run on Linux, PC, or Mac, and it has accumulated all, think of all the scientific data we have about the galaxy. So it's not any one person's uh, research project. It's kind of like the sum of all astronomical research. Uh-huh. And they just scrape the data and they put it into these massive databases. And um, it simulates the actual, well, when I say actual, the, the known aspects of the galaxy. So they're not extrapolating it like Elite is. Um, you know, if there's an unknown region, it'll just be empty. But um, anything that we have seen and measured will be in this software. And because physics, uh, we also have velocity and temperature and stuff like that. So you can hit a play button and it will animate the Milky Way based on its real life physics. And you can pick um, a date and time in your little calendar. You go back to like 1985 or whatever, and it will rearrange the Milky Way to be what the coordinates would be oh. for every star on that day. Okay. Um, and you can like zoom in and out and you can turn on different filters to show like, you know, like ultraviolet radiation and gamma radiation and stuff like that. Uh, uh, nebulae, nebulae, asteroid clouds. And um, this is what they use in like um, planetariums and stuff. So mm-hmm. it's pretty cool. They have a, a mode that you can do for, I think, for VR and for projector, um, like the dome projector. So anyway, it's pretty cool. It's totally free. It's totally open because science. And um, yeah, if you if you have a decent computer, so like this, when I got my new computer, I was like, oh, this is going to be so cool. So I downloaded it. Um, and they have different levels of data packages you can download so i'm trying to look it up real quick but um basically they have like very small small medium large very large and gigantic Uh and like the gigantic is every data point measured ever and it's several gigabytes that will crush your computer (laughs) but um if you get like the small one you know like your computer might be able to run the very small one (laughs) um you can definitely run like, you know, simulate like our, our, uh, solar system. Um, but anyway, that's kind of cool. Uh, like, you know, to open it up is kind of like this immersive kind of screensaver thing, play around with it. Um, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. 
I bet my friend Patrick knows about some of this. He's a uh, he's uh runs the planetarium in Kansas City. Oh no way. Yeah, so he does like star tours and stuff. Oh, We've been and seen one of them. That's so cool. I wonder if this is the software they use or if it's some other like not open source version. I don't mm-hmm. know, but like Yeah, I don't know. It kind of looks similar. I was just watching the trailer. Mm-hmm. Um looks pretty similar, but yeah, he like takes you, you know, on this like just tour first, you know, through the solar system and then out of the solar system to the nearest star and then, you know, to the, so you can see like the different some different constellations and yeah. yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, you can turn on and off the little constellation highlights and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I've always thought it would be cool to pair up with like a musical experience. Like, um, we've, we've talked about trying to do this in Kansas City to have like some kind of like live percussion performance that was in combination with a star tour. Oh yeah, the ones that I've yeah. been on um, here at the um, what is it Natural History Museum. Um, they do, it's more like a movie where they have like a narrator and they have like, they'll zoom in and like land on Mars and stuff. And so it mixes mm-hmm. some like video footage with the software probably oh, mm-hmm. and some special effects. Um, but I think it'd be, yeah, pretty cool if you wanted to just do like an ambient kind of night sky exploration, sub a little Alan Watts in there. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> That'd be great. Oh, definitely the Alan Watts. See, I need Alan Watts in Elite Dangerous on my little spaceship radio. Oh, that would be really good, actually. Just yeah. to have his like essential lectures running the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> Man. That'd be great. So yeah. Good times. I think I want to play the game now. <laughs> yeah, go get it, man. Um I'm probably gonna have some lunch. I haven't had any breakfast, so I'm pretty starved. Oh, yeah. Sorry to um, keep you. No, you're not keeping me at all. <laughs> From um, eating. So it's good. It's it's good to get back in uh, the podcast. We haven't done it for a couple weeks, so yeah. And um, if we ever think of a, a a theme or something, we could branch off on our own. Uh, have two streams, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I set up. We'll just see what emerges. Maybe Elite Dangerous will consume us so much that well, that's all we'll want to talk about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd kind of. I mean, if anyone makes it this far into the podcast, um, I would like to hear from the listeners. Um, okay, normally we do Twitter and Telegram and this other stuff. It's all on the on the website, joshandrob.com. But um, no one contacts on that. So I don't know. If you, if you really want to like email or something, you can email me and it's, and it's Rob, R-O-B, R-O-G-A-N at Gmail. I don't put that on the website just because I feel like if I put that on there, I'm going to get a bunch of spam or something like that. But um, yeah. So if you want to email me, you can email me there. And I'm just be kind of curious out of all the different things we talk about, what types of things people are more interested in, you know, like I, I'm always more interested in talking about music and ways to be creative and come up with like new things with music. Uh, but as you can tell, I love playing video games so I could just, you know, ramble about video games all the time. Um, or if we want to do something collaborative, like let's say if, you know, 20, 30 people listening to this are also interested in a super cool space game like Elite Dangerous. We could find each other and join up and do a little collaborative thing in outer space. And um, Alex and I could talk about it on the podcast. Or, uh, Or, I don't know, we could just talk about life and make it a therapy podcast and play some Alan Watts clips. Um, so whatever, yeah, I feel like it'd be nice to do a little survey. Um, maybe I could make a little, like a little one minute clip and put that into the feed and then people just play that one minute and it just like asks them some, some questions, um, pull the audience, you know, I mean, uh, yeah. doesn't, we don't have to have the audience participation. All, it used back in the day, uh, when I was doing this in college, podcasting like what 10 years ago we had this website called talk shoe and you could set it up and we'd be uh, broadcasting live and people could call in and ask their questions and stuff so it's like a radio show and i loved that that's pretty cool we had like 
around 200 listeners in college and maybe two to three people actually called in and asked us some tech questions because the podcast was all about tech, like most podcasts 10 years ago. Um, yeah. So, I mean, that'd be really fun if anyone wants to send in like a little iPhone or whatever voice memo, um, you could do that and we'll play it in the show and, you know, talk about whatever you have to say. But, um, you know, I'm not even asking for that much. I'm just saying, you know, shoot us an email Tell me what, we, what you would like to hear more about or less about, and we could talk about that. Okay, that's my pitch for the audience. <laughs> yeah, we'll be like your Netflix queue. Like, well, as you feed back, we'll just... Yeah, thumbs up, curate, thumbs down. Curate to you, to your every needs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there we go. All right. All right, Rob. Enjoy your breakfast. Thanks for making that pitch. Hopefully we get some feedback. Yeah. Or you could just email right. us what you had for breakfast today. Hey, we'll take anything. <laughs> yeah. We're we're not picky. Yeah, so <laughs> the email again, although I guess in a podcast you can just rewind it, but it's <laughs> Rob Bro so you, you combine my I I have to explain this to everyone because people will put two Bs. It's my name, Rob Brogan, but no one says Rob Brogan and like, you know, bounce over the B. You combine it so it's R O and then B-R-O-G-A-N, Rob Rogan, mm-hmm. at Gmail, or iCloud, whatever. Um, I don't care. <laughs> you know what they say, whenever you have uh, like uh, like catch li- catchphrases or little things like that, it's always best when you have to explain it every time you use it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just kidding. Hopefully I only uh, have to explain it once. We'll see. <laughs> no, everybody I, I get ton- everybody I get listens. tons of like emails and receipts and stuff for this guy named rob rogan <laughs> i think he lives in missouri <laughs> he's like joe's he's like joe rogan's brother yeah yeah <laughs> oh man anyway all right well all right until next week <laughs> yeah see ya bye everyone bye